0: Well, hello, Newcom youth, Joseph here. It is great to be with you all here on the Tuesday 10, which is our bi-weekly opportunity for us as youth parents and leaders to take 10-ish minutes, slow down, open the scriptures, center our minds and bodies around the presence of Jesus. And learn to walk in step with Holy Spirit. We are in the second part of our little series called In the Middle, where we're taking time to recognize the fact that we are in the middle of this incredibly traumatic and chaotic season as a community, a nation, and a world. We've already been through so much, and it seems like we have such a long way to go. Last week, we talked about how We need permission to feel our feels. We looked at Psalm 6 and saw how important it is for us to be honest about what we're feeling, not to hide our emotions or lie to ourselves or others about how we're doing. Whether it's discouragement or anger or bitterness or uncertainty, loneliness, anxiety, whatever, we want to learn how to bring our feelings before a God who is patient and kind and loving and generous and a caring Heavenly Father who welcomes all that we are. All of our issues, all of our feelings, all of our emotions, God invites us to bring them all to the table. So if you missed the first part, feel free to go back and listen to it on the podcast. But this week, I want us to consider how we cultivate hope in the middle of the chaos. After I graduated high school, I spent a gap year in a rural town in eastern Argentina called Monte. I spent an entire year learning Spanish and studying the Bible and surprisingly enough, working on a farm, which if you know anything about me might surprise you because I am definitely not the outdoorsy work on a farm type of person. Like I love Wi-Fi and hot showers and graphic design and indoor gas fires and cozy couches and desserts and electricity and Netflix, all of that. And none of these things have anything to do with working on a farm in a rural town in eastern Argentina. And that year living overseas was the hardest year of my entire life. I wasn't very good at Spanish. I didn't have many friends. I missed my family. I shared a room with eight other guys, none of whom spoke English. I shared a bathroom with a hundred other guys, literally, uh, which was as terrible as it sounds. And I had a job that I hated. It was just all around desperate to leave and come back home. While there were some cool experiences and it ended up being a really good year for me, I basically just hated my life for an entire year. And on top of all of that, I literally couldn't come home. It was a 12 month program and I had already saved up for and paid my entire tuition for the year. And I didn't have the funds or the guts to just drop the year and leave. And there wasn't a day that went by that I wasn't planting potatoes in a field or herding cattle across the prairie where I didn't wish I could just pack my stuff, call a taxi drive the three hours to the airport, get on a plane, and fly home. I was desperate to just get out of there and never come back. I wanted out of the suffering, out of the loneliness, out of this job on the farm, out of this language I couldn't speak, out of all of my problems, I wanted out. And If we're honest, most of the time, that's exactly what we want from God. Like me wanting out of my life in Argentina, we want God to take us out of the problems that we're facing. We want God to rescue us, to heal us, to take away the suffering, to eliminate the pain. And we often expect God, who is defined as being love itself, to prove God's love for us by rescuing us and saving us from all of our problems, right? That's like the whole point of the story. That God saves us and rescues us from the bad places so that we can go to the good place when we die. But that's not the story, right? That's not even close to the story of the scriptures. The story of redemption is so much more intimate and beautiful and relevant than a simple story about what happens when you die. The story of the scriptures is one where God himself steps in and becomes one of us to rescue us from the consequences of the chaos and the sin and the destruction and the death that we unleashed into his good world. This story is one that reminds us that instead of emergency airlifting us out of all of our problems and suffering, God instead becomes one of us and parachutes down into our chaos, takes on our suffering with us, and shoulders us along the way as God meets us where we're at. And that, friends, is our hope, that God is with us, that God is present, that God is near. In Matthew chapter 1, this biographer of Jesus quotes a prophecy from the Old Testament and says, Quote, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That one name, Emmanuel, might be the most explosive, profound, encouraging, hopeful, mind-blowing single word in the entire scriptures. That God, who for thousands of years was virtually completely inaccessible to normal people like you and me— and has not only become accessible, but has become one of us. That God, creator and most powerful community of being in the entire universe, has felt what it's like to be lonely, tired, anxious, and be in a season of waiting. Emmanuel is the hope that God is with us. In Jesus' God became one of us to save us. God has become like us and has dwelt among us in order to be with us and save us. See, loneliness, anxiety, this virus, distance learning, Zoom calls, distraction, quarantine, depression, anger, racism, death, division, so many things that we're experiencing in our culture right now. Those things can take a lot from us, and they can take a lot out of us. But those things can never take what's most important, God's presence, God with us, the hope that God's presence brings us, the reality that God is with us, the hope that God is present to our suffering the hope that God is present to our needs, that God is present to our sorrow, that God knows what it's like to be us, that God is an ever-present help and comfort in our time of need. So when a chaotic season of life that causes so many different emotions and experiences, our hope in the middle of all of it is that God is Emmanuel, that God is with us, that God is our blessed hope, that God has come in Jesus and will come again to make all things new. So as you finish up school in these next few weeks and struggle through distance learning and annoyance with family members or siblings or problems with your mental or physical health or loneliness, whatever you're going through, I want to encourage you to remember that God is with you that God is for you, that God is aware of and concerned with every single aspect of your life. May God's presence strengthen and sustain us as we continue in the middle of this chaotic season of our lives. So let's close with a few minutes to bring ourselves as best as we know how to a God who is with us. Emmanuel, I want to invite you to take a few deep breaths. If possible, sit up straight, your hands open, feet on the ground as a way of praying with your body. I want to invite you to center your heart and your mind on the reality of God's presence, God's goodness and God's desire to meet you and be present with you even in this very moment. Jesus, you are the Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. You are Emmanuel, God with us. You are right here. You are closer than my very skin. You are as close as the breath in my lungs. Let's just take a moment and think and meditate on the reality of God with us. So Father, Son, and Spirit, make your presence known to us this week, we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll love you all. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us. As always, encourage you to keep your mask on. Give these last few weeks of school all you got, and we'll see you soon. Peace.